Welcome to the Legal Pad Podcast presented by Brashears Miller, a show designed to educate small businesses and startups on how legal services and strategy can help optimize their business. Join Brian Brashears and Sean Miller as they discuss the most pressing legal issues in today's business climate. In today's episode, Brian is going to talk about general tax benefits, liabilities, and protections to consider when forming a business with an attorney. Hello and welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Legal Pad Podcast. My name is Brian Brashears. I'm the managing member of Brashears Miller's Austin office, and this is episode four Taxes and Liabilities. This episode is intended to be a good follow up to episode two Starting a Business with an Attorney, where we discuss the various legal options and entity formations within the state of Texas and how you can get your business started as efficiently and as effectively as possible. And in that episode, we also talked about various legal tax issues and liability implications that are imposed on businesses and business activity in general. So today's episode is going to provide a better context for both taxes and liabilities. So if you haven't checked out episode two, feel free to press pause, go listen to starting a business with an attorney, and then come back and learn more about taxes and liabilities. So let's get started with discussing liabilities, different types of liabilities, and how they may be imposed on your business. And just so everyone's on the same page, Liabilities basically means a bad thing, and in the context of a business, it's a bad thing that costs your business money. So on the balance sheet, you'll have assets that make you money. You'll have liabilities on the other end of that balance sheet that will cost you money. So liabilities are bad things that cost you money in the context of a business. So with that, let's discuss the main types of liabilities that are typically imposed on companies and business activity, starting with joint liability. Joint liability is often found in the context of contractual obligations. Joint liability typically involves two or more parties or persons, and it's typically concerning the obligation to pay back a debt or be responsible for performing or satisfying some component of the contract. So in the context of a business loan where multiple parties agree to pay back an amount to a bank or borrower and the payment isn't made, All parties that agree to be subject to that loan could be held liable under joint liability for failing to satisfy the loan payback agreement. In addition to joint liability, there's also several liability. In this context, we mean several to not mean many or much or a whole lot of liability, but we mean it to mean to sever or to cut. And that may sound a little dramatic or grotesque, but here's the deal. It doesn't involve a guillotine. It normally involves some words on a piece of paper, sometimes on a computer, and it's really more boring and routine and less dramatic or exciting than the connotation would suggest. However, several liability, still very important. The key feature for several liability is that it does distinguish bad actors and their actions imposing liability on others. So when you have a several liability clause, you can distinguish the bad actor's actions and assign it to that specific actor and not have liability imposed on other participants of the business or the business itself. There are many other types of liabilities that can be imposed on businesses and individuals, but I think we'll discuss that later down the road. That seems more appropriate for further and more in-depth analysis. I think the key takeaway for today is that liabilities are not good for businesses. They're not great for individuals, so we want to avoid them or mitigate them as much as possible. So let's apply liabilities in the context of a business, and that way you can have an idea of what sort of liability protection is available for different entity selection that you would want to form. So again, liabilities are bad, so we're going to avoid them. First, general partnerships. You remember general partnerships. We talked about them in episode two. 
General partnerships, again, do not require a formal writing or any sort of written agreement. It's just two people or two or more people that agree to engage in business activity or a business endeavor. So in the context of a general partnership, of course, we're not surprised when we see there's joint and several liability that can be imposed on the business and its owners. So after that, we have limited partnerships. Limited partnerships are going to involve at least two types of partners. One, general partners, and two, limited partners. So limited partnerships are going to impose joint and several liability for general partners and no liability on the limited partners. However, this general rule goes out the door whenever a limited partner acts or has the responsibilities or duties of a general partner. We spoke in episode two about limited partnerships, and they, and especially in the context of startups or hedge funds, where general partners are the people controlling, managing, or make operational decisions on behalf of the entity. And the limited partners are really the people that have invested money and are along for the ride, and their funds are really subject to the general partner's control. So in this context, it makes a lot of sense that you wouldn't hold a limited partner liable for the acts of a general partner who's making the management decisions and deciding what to do with the money and enter the agreements and fulfilling duties on behalf of the entity unless that limited partner was also some sort of general partner and had the authority to act or started acting on behalf of the entity itself. So next, we have limited liability, limited partnerships, and this is going to be similar to a basic limited partnership. Here, we have joint and several liability that could be imposed on the general partners, and no liability, generally, that will be imposed on the limited partners. Again, this is subject to whether the limited partner acts or assumes the role of a general partner. And lastly, we have limited liability companies and limited liability partnerships. And the cool thing about both of these entities is that they shield their respective members, managers, and partners from all liability. So there's no liability imposed on the people who manage or participate in the operation of the business. That's going to wrap up the liabilities portions of this episode. However, there's plenty of liability information to go around. So we will revisit this subject later on in a later episode. But for now, we're going to move on to another topic just as exciting, taxes. Taxes, <laughs> taxes we discussed in episode two. And similar to liability, you want to have a good tax plan and a tax structure. Otherwise, the money you bring into your business or earn from your business might not be put to its most economical use, which would also be a detriment to the business. First, let's talk about LLCs. In episode two, we talked about how there was no general tax incentive for entities that don't otherwise make a formation or filing with the state. Generally, yes, that is true. You are missing out on a tremendous amount of benefits in both tax and liability uh, regards if you don't make a formation. However, in the case of a single-member LLC, again, a single-member LLC, they don't receive the tax benefits from an LLC that would otherwise have multiple members. For some reason, the IRS treats single-member LLCs as disregarded entities. This means that the funds that are received by the LLC are taxed directly to the single member that owns and operates the business. And this treatment leaves a lot of members scratching their heads thinking, what did I do all this for? I formed my business, I paid all the fees, and I'm not getting any sort of tax benefit? Unfortunately, I'm afraid not. So whenever you do form an LLC, bring on a friend, bring on a family member, typically businesses that have more 
than one person are more successful because they have more access to ideas. Uh, they are not stressed for time and they also have access to more capital. So it may be more beneficial for the business to just incorporate more people from the beginning. However, if you want to own and operate your own business independently, you can still form a single member LLC. But shortly after forming your LLC as a single member, you can elect to be treated as a partnership through the IRS. And that's just submitting the appropriate paperwork and making sure that paperwork is submitted timely. If anybody knows anything about the IRS, they're real sticklers for calendars and want their paperwork, documents, and any sort of filing fees uh, and, and taxes to be submitted timely. So be on the ball and don't let the IRS otherwise break your heart by telling you that you owe some money for something that caught you off guard because they made a funky rule and then tell you that you are subject to a tax. Next, we have partnerships. And in the context of tax, there's a distinction between the context and liabilities where there are different members or different classes between general partners and limited partners. We're just going to be talking about partnerships in general and from the tax perspective. And for tax purposes, partnerships refer to the relationship that exists when two or more persons agree to engage in a business venture or engage in business activity. These people will often contribute money, property, or some sort of labor or skill and expects to engage in some sort of profit or loss from the activity of the business. Each year, the partnership is required to submit to the IRS a report that's going to disclose the income, the deductions and gains and losses from the operations of the business, but the partnership is not required to pay income tax on these funds. Instead, the uh, the partnership allows a pass-through for any profits or losses along to the partners. So, Each partner that receives a distribution from the partnership is going to report that distribution on their personal tax return. Lastly, we have C-Corps and S-Corps. And when it comes to C-Corps and S-Corps, it's probably best to speak with an attorney because these tax elections are fact-sensitive, which may benefit from supplemental or additional legal analysis. For both C-Corps and S-Corps, these tax elections are similar because the owners pay personal income taxes on the profits received. However, that's about where the similarities end. In the case of C-Corps, businesses must also pay the corporate income tax. This is easy to remember because you can think of the C and C-Corps as corporate or cry me a river, you got to pay this tax. Next, we have S-Corps. And again, owners must pay personal income on tax on the profits. This is easy to remember because you can think of the S and S-Corps as the tax is skipping the corporate level and is imposed on the partner or member level. However, unlike C-Corps, there are some limitations with S-Corps. The limitations are restricting the number of shareholders that are receiving a distribution from the corporation. So no more than 100 shareholders within the corporation. Also, the shareholders must be U.S. citizens or resident aliens. That's going to wrap up episode four, Taxes and Liabilities. Thanks for tuning in and stay tuned for next week and check out Sean as he discusses operating agreements. The stupid disclaimer again. The Legal Pad podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. does not offer legal advice and does not take the place of consultation with an attorney or other professional with appropriate expertise and experience. Quotations from cases 
pleadings, discovery, and other sources are for illustrative purposes only and are not suitable for use in any litigation in any particular case. The Legal Pad Podcast and its affiliates disclaim any liability or responsibility for loss or damage resulting from the use of the content of its episodes, the information, ideas, or opinions presented. Obviously, 